listening to Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. Remember yesterday I had a crazy statistic regarding the San Francisco 49ers going to uh, the Super Bowl and beating NFC Championship teams with blue in their logo. They've gone on to win the Super Bowl every time they've done that. I've got an even more ridiculous stat for you, but this is for the other side regarding the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a good one. What's aired on TV last night regarding the Pro Bowl? Did you watch it? I did. All 90 minutes of it. And I love it. Okay. I do have some issues with it, but I think it's way more entertaining to watch something like this. And then we're going to talk about a couple transactions in the NFL yesterday. A head coach was hired, an offensive coordinator was hired, and we'll go over both of those. We'll get to all that momentarily. So yesterday I told you that the San Francisco 49ers were 5-0 and in the Super Bowl when they had beaten a team in the NFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl that had blue in their logo. They had two other NFC Championship wins where they beat the Falcons and the Packers, who neither of them had blue in their logo, and they lost both of those Super Bowls. So they beat the Lions. Is this going to be 6-0? and Small sample size. Could be just a giant coincidence. The other thing is, do you realize that most NFL teams have some shade of blue in their color? I forget what the percentage is. I'll probably try and get that answer for you this weekend. But if you look at all the logos in the NFL, you know what? Let's do it now. <laughs> all right, let's just look at We can go through these real quick. Bills do, Panthers do, Bears do. That's three. Cowboys four, Broncos five, Lions six, Texans seven, Colts eight, Jacksonville nine. The Jaguar has a blue tongue, by the way. Uh, Chargers 10, Rams 11, Miami. Does teal count as blue? Yes, uh, it's a shade, I guess. 12, Patriots 13, Giants 14, Steelers. One of those stars on the Steelers' helmet is blue. 15, Seahawks 16, Titans 17. So over half the league has blue in their logo. That's way more than any color that any of the other teams share. So while that, impre- that's, that statistic might be somewhat impressive that the San Francisco 49ers are 5-0 and in Super Bowls where the team they beat in the NFC Championship game had blue in their logo, well, when half the league is blue, got a blue in their logo, maybe it isn't. So got to keep that in mind. However, how about this one? And this is something that just... <laughs> This is just as stupid, but it's funny. The preliminary lunar analysis is favoring the Chiefs for the Super Bowl. The day of the Super Bowl is a waxing crescent moon, and the Chiefs are 19-1 and in the last five years playing under waxing crescent conditions. This is by far their best moon phase. I don't know what waxing crescent moon is. Is just I know what a crescent moon is. What so they're just saying when the moon is a crescent shaped, um, that's when they're nineteen and one in the last five years. Waxing crescent is the second phase in the cycle of phases. This moon phase occurs once a month, rising around nine a.m., setting around nine p.m., sticking around for approximately seven and a half days before going into the first quarter phase. Okay, so this is the second phase in the cycle of phases for the moon. 
So waxing crescent. Okay, I'm looking at a picture of it now. Okay. I, I, I don't know who in the world keeps track of this shit, <laughs> but apparently somebody does. And they had all the dates in the last five years where the Chiefs played a game in waxing crescent moon conditions. 20 times in the last five years it's happened, and they are 19-1. and one. Their only loss was on October 10th of 2021. doesn't say their opponent. It just says moon phase. It says game date, moon phase, illumination, moon age, and result. I don't know who they lost to on 10-10-21, but that's apparently the only time. And there's supposed to be a waxing crescent moon phase next Sunday in Vegas. Go figure. Honestly, what what stat is more ridiculous and more stupid? Probably the waxing crescent moon phase, right? I don't know how you can get dumber than that. Because you just think about it, who is even thinking to record something like that? You know? Did you watch the Pro Bowl games last night? They were on ESPN. It was 90 minutes. And for those that don't know, they went to this format last year. And it's a bunch of different events. And it's AFC versus NFC. So in every event, you have a winner. And that winning team gets three points. There were five yesterday. Five different events yesterday, and then there were three points for each event. But one of the events was dodgeball. That had two games, so there were six points up uh, for availability in that game. But it was quarterbacks throwing to moving targets. There was golf closest to the pin. There was centers snapping the ball into holes probably 15 yards away. There was catching a punt with numerous balls in your hand and then dodgeball. To me, honestly, the best event was catching a punt with a bunch of balls in your hand. <laughs> because the QB target, we've seen a thousand times, you know, and I just don't think these quarterbacks really care or take it seriously. So it's hard for me to care. The golfing was just more humorous than anything because it was five golfers from the NFC, five golfers from the AFC. I don't know who chose these guys. I don't know why you would choose these particular men to compete just because some of them couldn't even swing a golf club like why would you even you know they each get two shots and it was just closest to the pin nfc won because they had the punter for the cowboys brian anger and he put it two feet and two inches from the hole on the fly it bounced about a foot from the hole (laughs) he almost got a hole in one on the fly um but they were going to win anyway because the second place was jake ferguson who's the tight end for the Cowboys. So NFC won three points there. The center snapping was won by the NFC as well, but those centers, they had a minute, and there were five different targets, 15 yards behind them, and these guys were terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. They couldn't get it in any of the holes. The last snapper was the best one. And then I said, you know, like I said, catching the punt, which was the best one because it was just you started with one ball, already in your hand and you had to catch it and it was i think five on each side so they would just use the jugs machine fake you know point it towards the air punt a ball to you and you had one ball in your hand and you had an area where you had to catch it in and once you caught it it's like all right move on to the next round but you still had now you had two balls in your hand and you had to figure out a way to catch it 
Well, a guy for the Steelers ended up winning because he had five balls that he had caught already. He had three balls under one arm, two balls under the other, and still caught. I think he ended up catching a sixth. And what he did was he had three under one arm, two under the other, but as the ball was in the air, the one arm that had two balls underneath it, he was able to take one of the balls and put it between his legs. So he still only had one ball under that arm, and he was able to catch it, and he fell to the ground. It was an awesome catch. That was my favorite event to watch. It was the most entertaining, at least. Because the other thing about this is, <clears throat> oh, yeah, the other one was was like a best catch. And that was just dumb. I, we went over this last year. It, that's the worst event, and they didn't do anything to change it. It was just think of a creative way to catch a pass. So they had Puka Nakua and David Njoku. Nakua from the Rams. He was just on a bodyboard in the water and was going really fast, and a quarterback threw it to him as he was going by. That was it. He didn't jump off anything. He was just basically bodyboarding in the water. Let go of the rope, caught a pass. It was like, oh, okay. I guess that was – it wasn't really that creative. David Njoku at least tried something different. He dove into the water but was hanging on to a, a rope or a line <clears throat> and did a 360, and then they threw it to him to try and catch it, but he dropped all three. So Nakua won. And then there was dodgeball. Two games, and I think they split. AFC won one of them, and NFC won another. So – I think the NFC is up. I don't even know. I, Yeah, I don't remember. I know Baker Mayfield won for the quarterback, so that's NFC. The Cowboy won for golf. That's NFC, so that's 6 nothing. The center snapping went to um, the NFC as well, so that's 9 nothing. Catching a punt was AFC, so that's 9-3. Puka won best catch. That's 12-3, and they split on dodgeball. <clears throat> so it should be 15-6, and they use those, and then there's going to be more events on Sunday, and then the football, flag football game is the ultimate game. But this is it's fun, you know? We all know how horrible the Pro Bowl in the NFL was anyway, so this is just a way for everybody to get together and just do fun events. Now, I think they should maybe make it more athletic stuff, and I think that's what comes on Sunday with tug-of-war and then linemen having to move weights and stuff like that. I'd love for them to go back to back when they used to do it. It wasn't part of the Pro Bowl. It was like an off-season special where quarterbacks could just longest throw, um, stuff like that. I would love for them to do 40-yard dashes. I think that'd be great, but I guarantee these guys are too worried about getting injured, pulling a hamstring, something like that. So I thought I thought it was really interesting. It's I thought it was entertaining at least. The only thing the the, the biggest beef I have with it, the best catch one just sucks. They they haven't figured out how to do that in 2 years. These these aren't really creative. And then the other thing is during all these events, it seems like these guys either don't care or don't listen to the rules beforehand because they're just you know, the quarterback throwing thing, they didn't know where to go. Uh, the strategy was off in dodgeball. They were just like, wait, am I eliminated or am I not? Do I, can I go with that ball? Can I not? And I understand that these games are just being, <clears throat> they're playing them yesterday for the first time, but it seems like they should probably know a little bit more about the rules. And they're always seem to be asking about the rules as the game is going on. But other than that, I find it entertaining, you know, so give me more of it. Maybe just change up some of the events.
Let's talk some other NFL stories that happened yesterday. Number one, Dan Quinn, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, was hired by the Washington Commanders as their next head coach. Rumors are he's going after Chip Kelly at UCLA, yet another college football head coach that might be taking a coordinator job in the NFL. We saw Jeff Halfley leave Boston College for the Green Bay Packer defensive coordinator job yesterday or two days ago. Now it looks like Chip Kelly probably going to leave UCLA and go to the pros to be the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders, which is interesting because Eric Bieniemy left Washington or left Kansas City after leading them to three Super Bowls in four years as their offensive coordinator to go take over the Washington co- Commanders coordinator position for offensive coordinator, and now he might be gone after a year. I don't even know where Bieniemy is now. I guess he's out of a job, but. Dan Quinn, hired by the Washington Commanders, clearly a football hiring. You'd be like, of course it's a football hiring. It's the NFL. No, I'm talking about a football hiring because there's splash hires where you get a bigger name value, which the Washington Commanders probably needed more than a football guy. And I get it. Dan Quinn is an excellent, he's a very good coach. I don't know about excellent. He took a team to a Super Bowl. Granted, he blew a 28-3 lead in that Super Bowl, but he took one a team there. He just led the Dallas defense the last three years to the – they led the league in takeover, uh, takeaways in the last three years. Team was 12-5 three years in a row. I think they were second in the league in points per game given up, least amount of points given up. Yards per game, I think they were seventh. I mean, the guy can coach defense. There's no doubt about that. He was the mastermind behind the Legion of Boom – when he was with Seattle, that's how he left Seattle for and got the Atlanta job. So he can coach. I just don't know how much talent he has in Washington to work with. He's going to have the second pick in the draft, so probably going to need to hire a good offensive coordinator, and that's why he's going after Chip Kelly. So it is interesting that he took a job within the division. You know, He's been in the NFC East the last three years with the Cowboys, and now he's the head coach of the Commanders. I don't know who the Commanders are going to have on their team next year. But I guarantee you, they will beat the Cowboys in one of their two games. Mark it down. Just for the sole purpose that he's going to want to beat them badly. And he'll know a lot about how to defend Dak Prescott on that offense. So, especially if we get, a, if we get any game next year in the two games that the, that the Commanders play the Cowboys, if they are a 7 or a 10-point underdog because Dallas has absolutely owned Washington – in recent years, and Dak has owned Washington in recent years, I would take the points because Dan Quinn's beating them outright in one of the two games. Mark that down. February 2nd, Sports Daily Podcast, because we're not going to get an answer until, you know, September or October, whenever the Cowboys play the commander. Schedule is not out yet. So with Dan Quinn being hired, that means three big names do not have jobs this year in the NFL. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, and Pete Carroll. Is it possible that one of those guys takes a coordinator gig? Uh, probably only Vrabel would be up for something like that, and I don't even know if he wants to do that. I, I can't see Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll at 72 years old each working under somebody else right now after they've the success they've had as head coaches. I, I'd be surprised. They're probably sitting out a year and waiting for a different job to open up. The other hire that was a coordinator position yesterday in the NFL 
was the Raiders hired Cliff Kingsbury, former Texas Tech head coach, former head coach of the Arizona Cardinals when they drafted Kyler Murray, number one. Now Cliff Kingsbury, who was with USC last year working as an offensive consultant, is going back to the NFL, and he's going to work as the Raiders' offensive coordinator. The Raiders have the 13th pick in the draft, but they have ties to two of the top three quarterbacks that are coming out, and that is... Obviously, Cliff Kingsbury coached Caleb Williams at USC last year. And Jaden Daniels, before he transferred to LSU, was at Arizona State, and that's where Antonio Pierce worked. He was D coordinator under Herm Edwards, or he was a defensive assistant. I don't know if he was the D coordinator or a linebacker's coach, something like that. But So he's got a past with Jaden Daniels. It makes you wonder. Going into the season right now, the Raiders are expected to dump Jimmy Garoppolo, and their quarterback is Aiden O'Connell. And he was halfway decent for the Raiders, but I think the Raiders are looking to make a splash. And I would not put it past them. I don't know their cap number. I don't know how many picks they have. But I don't think they're going into next season 100% sold that, oh, Aiden O'Connell is our guy. I think they're going to definitely try and go and get somebody in free agency and who knows, maybe they're putting a package together to move up because maybe they want Kingsbury to coach Caleb Williams or, again, or Antonio Pierce, the head coach, to get his guy from Arizona State, Jaden Daniels. you got to keep that in mind, uh, knowing that they've got ties. Just know if we do see a trade made by the Raiders, they are absolutely 1,000% moving up to get one of those two. I don't think they would move up to get Drake May. That's just me. But interesting hire uh, by the Raiders. Say what you want about Cliff Kingsbury. Coach bro, he's way too cool for the league, all this stuff. He can coach offense. Give him that. He can absolutely coach offense. Now, can he coach a Raiders offense? I mean, look, you get a decent quarterback in there. You've got Devontae Adams. you got Josh Jacobs, who led the league in rushing two years ago. Not that far removed. You've got weapons. Hunter Renfro, even though he didn't have a great year last year, you've definitely got weapons there. I would not be surprised if they get one of the better free agent quarterbacks, whoever that may be, or they trade for a quarterback, or they trade up in the draft to get one of the rookies. But keep it in mind, because I think the Raiders are looking to make some noise for sure. And finally, this last note on the NBA. You know I hate load management. I just don't understand it. Players take care of their bodies so much better in 2024 than they did in the 80s. Yet, I mean, shit, players were smoking in the locker room in the 80s after the game. They didn't have the condition. You just look at a game from the 80s. Did anybody's body look like the bodies on these guys now? No. But these guys just have their load management. They just sit out when they want to. They dictate when they play and play, you know, when they decide they want to play games, all this stuff. In the 80s, you know, those guys, you look at their bodies, they certainly didn't work out nearly as much as they didn't. They do now. They didn't have health nutritionists and chefs travel with them on the road and masseuses, all that stuff. They didn't have any of that in the 80s, and these guys all played 82 games a year, including back-to-backs and three games in four nights and four games in five nights. And they flew commercial back then. <laughs> and on the plane, they were smoking like... I don't I don't understand it. Like, how are we better now? A thousand times better in the advancement in 
health and nutrition and coaching and all this stuff. And guys in the NBA still miss 10 to 15 games a year just because they just feel like, I don't want to play. I need to rest. It happens. With that said, <laughs> the Lakers decided, well, we're going to sit LeBron and AD. First time LeBron and AD have both missed a game this year. And who do they decide to sit him against? The Boston Celtics on a nationally televised TNT game. So immediately the line shot up, and it was Celtics at tip-off, minus 15 and a half. And the Lakers won the game basically by double digits. And they led by double digits pretty much the whole second half. Like, go explain that. It's just the NBA is so weird. Celtics had everybody. Porzingis was in the lineup, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all of them. They didn't sit out anybody. You know, Drew Holiday, all played. The Lakers did not have three starters. Or they ended up losing a third starter, Jared Vanderbilt. But LeBron and AD didn't play. They were up by 14 at halftime on the Celtics, and the Celtics never got it closer than six. Ended up losing 114-105. Celtics had lost one home game all year, and they just got beat by a Laker team who sat their two best players and who were 24 and 25 on the season. I think right now, you know, this the Lakers actually have a better record now through 50 games, and they're only 25 and 25 than they did last year through 50 games. I think they were 22 and 28 through 50 games last year. Whatever the case may be, and right now the Lakers are sitting in the ninth seed, I'm telling you, I think the Lakers are about to make their run. I think they're going to make a trade at the deadline. I don't know for who, but they're starting to hit their stride. And I'm not just saying that because they won last night without LeBron and AD. I just don't think they're going to go the whole season. And this, I mean, look at what they did last year. They made a bunch of trades at the deadline, improved their team, and they made the Western Conference Finals after being 22 and 28 at some point during the season. They're 25 and 25 right now. LeBron's only missed six games all year. He's playing at a level that is just stupid, considering it's his 21st year in the league. And they're right there at 500, you know. This team could easily go 22 and 10 the rest of the year and finish 47 and 35. That'll be good enough for 7 8 in the West, just like they were last year. You win the you win the play-in game and you're and you're a 7 seed. And they get a 2 seed which might be Minnesota. You don't think the Lakers could beat Minnesota in a 7-2 matchup? They absolutely could. What the Lakers do need to do is avoid Denver in the first round. So, However it works out, we're still far away from that, but I think the Lakers are making a run, and I think they're going to probably finish the season 10, maybe 12 games over 500. Just how I feel. I just I get the sense this team is just – they know they can turn it on, and, and, yeah, they haven't played great. And LeBron said it the other night, on any given night, we can beat anybody in this league. We could also get our ass kicked on any given night by any team in this league because it's, it's been shown. They have gotten their ass kicked. They lost the other night to the Hawks, who were nine games under 500. They got their ass kicked. Lost by 20. And LeBron played. So that's what I mean. I, I think they're, I think LeBron's not going to let them down the stretch because now we're getting into nut-crunching time. And this is the home stretch. February, March, set you up for April and, you know, the playoffs. I have a feeling the Lakers are going to go on a run. So mark my word there. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. You got to hit play now. Not good enough to just download it into your feed. You got to hit play. If you miss a day, just go back and hit play for me. I'd really appreciate it. Anyway, 
Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends about it. Really appreciate it. Good stuff coming up on the Sports Daily in the next uh, few months. So keep it right here. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. Oh, the best. Oh, the best.